Welcome to Debbie Mond Paranormal. I'm your host, Tori, from Debbie Mond Paranormal. And in today's episode, we will be traveling to New Zealand. In this episode, we will be exploring haunted locations all throughout New Zealand. And we'll also learn a little Maori mythology so join us won't you as we dive in deep into the dark underbelly of the supernatural world in New Zealand and as I've mentioned many times before Demi Mond Paranormal is of course a podcast on anchor.com as well as any other podcast streaming services but also it is it is a private supernatural group on facebook.com that you or your friends or family members or whoever are free to join if you would like we discuss all things supernatural that includes famous ghosts and hauntings witches warlocks vampires werewolves, anything supernatural, we will cover it, or strange and spooky history, and all things like that. So, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, please consider joining Demimond Paranormal on Facebook.com. So, with that being said, let's dive right in to tonight's podcast episode. And also, if you guys live in New Zealand... Please feel free to leave a comment down below and share your stories of the supernatural if you have any. It'll be greatly appreciated. So how's everyone doing tonight? Or today? Or this afternoon? Or even the morning? From wherever you guys are. I hope you guys are doing well, and hopefully spring has sprung because I hope this warm weather stays. I am so tired of the winter temperatures around where I live, but as you guys may know where I am, I live in Pennsylvania, so we have many, many Indian summers and Fulls, springs, if you will, where there's really nice days with really warm temperatures, and you think it's gonna stay, but it just leaves leaves you in this bleak, cold abyss the very next day, and you're just like, it's just so depressing. But anyway, I just hope you guys are doing great, you know, you know, um... You're having a good week, a good month, or even a good year so far, 2022. So, let's get started in tonight's episode. Before I take you guys to a couple various locations in New Zealand, the first thing I want to talk to you guys about is a Maori mythical creature 
known as the Tanawa. Now, the Tanawa comes from the mythology of the indigenous people of New Zealand called the Maori. Tanawa are supernatural creatures that dwell in deep, dark pools, oceans, rivers, lakes, and caves. Some of these mythical creatures are considered protective, and the others are far more treacherous. They are often depicted as dragon-like creatures with lashing tails and fiery eyes. Some believe the Tanawa are gardens for a tribe of the Maori, and others believed that these fearsome creatures ate people and kidnapped women, or they would just plain out kill people. The Tanawa would change their shape. Sometimes they would appear as sharks, or whales, or even logs of wood floating down a river. Even more, sometimes they were described as being giant reptiles with wings. Although Maori believe in the Tanawa, and they are very important to them, but some do not. So, that brings us to our first location. Now, as I said before, if any of these locations are near some where some of you guys may live, let me know down in the comments. If you live in New Zealand and you may live near a haunted location or you live in a haunted house, feel free to share your story on Demimonda Paranormal, either here on Anchor, send a message if you will, or you can send a message on Demimonda Paranormal on Facebook.com. So, for our first location, this may be a place that you may have heard of. This is the Lake Alice Hospital, located in Lake Alice, New Zealand. This rural hospital was built in 1950. It was a psychiatric hospital, and it closed down for good in 1999. It held a maximum security unit, and it was very well self-sufficient. And I mean self-sufficient by it had its own farm, its own laundry chute, its own workshop, its own bakery, and even its very own fire station. The hospital had a vegetable garden, it had a swimming pool, and it had glass houses. So needless to say, this property was fairly large. The hospital sat on 140 acres of land, and in, 2000, in July of 2006, the property was bought by Auckland Accountant and Property Developer Group, Lake Hicks. LTD. When the previous owners fell into some financial strain, the property was then resold in 2008. The current owners had planned to demolish the hospital, including the maximum security unit. They planned to use the land for farming. However, 
They also planned to keep the administration block of the former hospital intact. Intact. Allegations of abuse rose into mainstream media in the 1970s. Former patients shared testimonies of being sedated against their wills as punishment and electric shock therapy without anesthesia. The New Zealand government issued an apology, a handwritten apology, in 2001 and compensated a small group of former patients a settlement of, get this, $10.7 million. However, just because the hospital has been torn down, that doesn't mean that the ghosts of the terribly abused patients have moved on to their afterlife. Reports of staff claim to have been pushed in touch by the spirits of the former Lake Alice Hospital. Our next location is the Jubilee Pavilion in Martin, New Zealand, near the North Island. This pavilion is a historically recognized sporting area. The pavilion is located in a park where there are historic key features covering the area, such as the South African War Memorial, the Great War Memorial, and the pavilion itself. Plus, there are small trees in the area that have some sort of historical importance. However, the park stands are apparently haunted by a black shadow person that frequently visits the pavilion. The entity has no facial characteristics. The ghost is always seen on the left hand side of the stands, sitting and looking out into the field. When a person approaches this apparition, it disappears completely before they can reach the supposed person. Many people believe the spirit is a ghost of a homeless man who used to visit the area in his life. No one knows for sure who the ghostly man is, but some theorize that it could be the spirit of a Maori man who did frequent the area. This man was homeless, but he was well liked in the community, and he came to the pavilion to watch the games back in his lifetime. People have seen the specter for years, and as for the vacant Maori man, it's said that he was found dead in the stands of the pavilion years ago. Some believe his death was a result of gang violence. us to our third location. This is a location that we haven't really covered before in any of our episodes. This next location is a brothel and it's known as Flora's Brothel in Auckland City, New Zealand. Even though Flora's Brothel closed down in 2008, it is still one of the most dynamic and colorful brothels in Auckland. 
It had occupied a building for 30 years before closing down, but it was originally established by Rong King. Then his daughter and his son took over the business. Their names were Roy and Lin. The brothel was named after the well-known madam by the name of Laura McKenzie, who established her own sex business in the 1940s. Now, Flora was a hard-drinking and an equally hard-talking lady who ran the brothel from the 1960s to the 1970s. All works of life came to see her in her elaborate brothel. This included punters to policemen. But, interestingly enough, before becoming a madam, Flora McKenzie trained as a nurse and she also worked as a dressmaker for the upper crust in society before joining the darker world of prostitution. To her own legend, she is said to have a legendary bedroom with a rotating bed with panoramic harbor views. Flora operated her brothel until her death in 1982, and it is said that she left all of her properties to the man who delivered her whiskey, and she had her whiskey delivered weekly. All of her money, however, went to the deaf. After the death of Miss Flora, strange things seemed to happen in the dimly lit rooms. Apparitions were seen by both staff and the sex workers. Wine glasses were thrown from the bar mysteriously, and chairs would tip over for no reason. Some believe that the ghost of Madame Flora Mackenzie is still watching over her girls. And believe me, y'all, I just looked up pictures of Miss Flora McKenzie's brothel in her legendary bedroom with the rotating bed. And all I've got to say is, I mean, the picture I'm looking at right now, I mean, it looks like it was taken in the 1970s. But I gotta say, when I said colorful, and I'm looking at this picture right now, I'm a little bit disappointed. I was I was expecting a red room with, you know, gold accents, but I'm not getting that. I mean, if I ran a brothel, <laughs> I mean, not to joke or anything, but if I ran a brothel, I would have done something way more extravagant. But, I mean, to teach their own. <laughs> and that brings us to our fourth location. And this next story that I'm going to tell you guys is a bit of a strange one. But, but when I was reading about it, I was like, you know what? I have to include this story. Now, this story doesn't exactly talk about a ghost in the more, in the traditional sense of a ghost. But it's definitely strange, and I think you guys will enjoy it. This location is Victoria Street in Christchurch, New Zealand. Now, back in the day in Christchurch, people saw a white figure jumping towards them. 
this frightening apparition especially creeped out little school children all the way back in 1894. Now the first time this ghostly apparition was seen was on March 9th, 1894, but then again it was seen three days later, and this time the ghostly figure was said to have tried to strike people over the head, and also it looked at people with fiery burning eyes. Now this creepy story led to mass hysteria in the streets of Christchurch and people were scared to simply take a walk. So for about a month, authorities searched for this ghost, but nothing turned up and there was no culprits to be turned in. However, eventually the story broke out that this supposed ghost was in fact an escaped mental patient from one of the neighboring hospitals. And they say that the reason why this male insane asylum patient looked so ghost-like was because he had phosphorus rings in his eyes, which made him look ghost-like. Very strange story. If I do say mess. If I don't, if I do say so myself. What do you guys think? Have you ever heard of that story? I mean, it's probably circulated around for a while, but I just had to include that one because either way, that's pretty frightening to see. Anyway, with our fifth location, this place is called Spirits Bay in Far North, Northland, New Zealand. Spirits Bay does not seem to be a place for the living. In Maori mythology, Spirits Bay is a place where the souls of the deceased travel to begin their journey to the afterlife. Spirits Bay is said to be the most haunted spot in New Zealand, especially with all that all that energy floating around. All that energy and all that spiritualism. Am I right? Now, Spirits Bay is a place where ghosts and supernatural go to gather to move on to their ancestral homes. And I'm about to get to that in a minute. So, as we mentioned, this is a point where spirits leave this realm and return to their ancestral home. Their ancestral home is called the Hawaii through a Bahutukawa tree at the tip of Cape Ringa. Interestingly enough, these spirits must also travel through a route into the sea upon reaching the tree before reuniting with their ancestors. Spirits Bay, however, has been the spot where people have seen strange apparitions, even odd occurrences have been experienced. Now, we move on to our sixth location. And our next location here is another insane asylum. 
This hospital has more of a tragic past. You may have heard of this place. I think I have heard of this place vaguely. I just forgot until I was doing my research. But this asylum was called the Seacliff Lunatic Asylum in Seacliff, New Zealand. Seacliff Lunatic Asylum was built in the late 19th century, 1878. The hospital was the largest in the country, and it was noted for for its extraordinary architecture. However, the asylum had its faults with the very construction of the building, which led to partial collapse and even a fire in 1942 that claimed 37 lives of former patients. These patients were locked into a ward when a fire broke out. Now this fire broke out at 9.45 December 8th in the 5th ward, which was called the Simla Board. The Simla Building. The Simla Building was a two-story wooden structure that housed 39 female patients. Checks were done only once an hour, and all 39 patients were locked into their 20-bed dormitories. Now, during World War II, this caused a nursing staff shortage, so there wasn't enough nurses to continuously run checks and make sure everything was alright. So it was probably a while before anybody who could you know, check the corridors and make sure everybody was safe. Now, after a male attendant noticed the fire had broken out, the asylum's firemen tried to put out the flames, but they were much too strong. Fortunately, two women were saved from the fires. But after one hour, the flames had ravaged the ward, reducing it to ashes. However, the fire was kept from spreading to the other wards. Tragically, all 37 patients who did have locked shutters died in the fire. They they likely passed away from smoke inhalation. Now, the two women who were saved from the fire did not have locked shutters. Today, Seacliff is said to be one of the most haunted places in New Zealand. It's said that the formal hospital is haunted by the patients who tragically died and lost their lives on December 8th, 1942. (laughs) Moving on to our seventh location, the Vulcan Hotel in St. Bathens, Otago, New Zealand. This hotel is said to be haunted by the ghost of a former prostitute whose name was Rose, who was likely killed in one of the rooms of the hotel. Now this spirit is particularly spiteful. She likes to turn on electrical appliances. And there is also the ghostly sounds of groaning coming from the corridors. 
and male guests have reported the sensation of being strangled while in bed or being held down. Our next location is Lonak Castle in Otago Peninsula, New Zealand. Lonak Castle was completed in 1887 for a politician of the name of William Lonak. It wouldn't be a castle, however, if it didn't have a bit of tragedy that took place in its walls, would it? So let's learn about this tragic past of this magnificent castle. William's first wife died at the age, the tender age, of only 38 in the castle from a stroke. Then, his second wife died at the same age from blood poisoning. To add to the tragedy, when his daughter died from typhoid fever at 21, William committed suicide after discovering that his son, that's right, I said his son, was having an affair with his third wife. Could you imagine discovering that your own son is having an affair with your wife? Oh my good god. And so to add to all to all this, the castle was used as a mental hospital in the World Wars. The castle is said to house 30 ghosts, one of which is a floating lady. Visitors and staff have been pushed, and there is also claims of an apparition of a grey lady in the ballroom of the castle. Visitors have also experienced the sensation of being suffocated in one of the bedrooms of the castle. So you guys tell me, that's pretty tragic, is it not? And our next location is the Otira Tunnel in South Island, New Zealand. This tunnel is said to be one of the most haunted places in New Zealand. A man who was of Scottish descent was one of the construction workers who was tragically killed while wandering around. He was trying to find his way home. Now, obviously, he wasn't trying to find his way home from New Zealand, from a construction site in New Zealand, all the way to Scotland. I believe that he was, you know, trying to find a way to his new house, and he was completely lost, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, somehow he was killed, and now his spirit is said to be a helpful and friendly ghost. It was trapped in the Oteric Tunnel. He is said to help unsuspecting travelers as they pass through the Southern Alps. And these people thank him for whatever he, they needed help with, but only to realize that the man they were interacting with was in fact a ghost.
And our last location for tonight's episode is Quail Island in Christchurch, New Zealand. Quail Island has a dark past, and back in the day, it used to hold leprosy patients. Isolated from all other civilization, needless to say, many souls have passed on on Quail Island. Visitors who have the guts to venture to the island can experience seeing shipwrecks, the grave sites of said leprosy patients, and quarantine sites. There are eight ships visible on Quail Island. This island, however, is said to be haunted by the souls of the leprosy victims who died there. And that brings us to the end of tonight's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I will see you guys in the outro. That brings us to the end of tonight's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope you guys return next week for an all-new episode of Demi Mond Paranormal. But until then, I want you guys to leave a suggestion for what you would like to see on an all-new episode of Demi Mond Paranormal Podcast. It could be anything paranormal or supernatural. Or maybe just a spooky story that you have, that you have, that you have experienced your own that you would like to have shared on the podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. But for Noral, it's about time to say goodbye. So, I wish you guys sweet dreams. Have a good day, or a good night, or even a good morning. And I will see you again real soon but stay spooky take care of yourselves be kind to one another make good choices and i will see you again real soon